in the apocalyptic virus-ridden summer of 2020, two grown men with an interest in food and almost no regard for audio quality decide to start a podcast, and in doing so, prove that a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. I don't remember speaking about boomerangs at all. You, you think it would come back to you? Shoot the fat, who's in the cut? More rolls of batches, and you deserve to put pineapple pizza, vegan sausage, evil coffee pods, and overpriced porridge. My mind, Vegemite, you're wrong, I'm right. What's the point of butter being light? It's butter, right? The nation's mastication sparks our debation. We talk gustation, ill rumination. So, what did you make of, of this week's topic? <laughs> this week's topic is eggs, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, good. I made loads of eggs. You made loads of eggs? <laughs> no, I didn't carry out any, like, trials, clinical trials. I, I started off by thinking, like, if you were to introduce it, which you normally do, is it, yeah. where would you start? And that had me completely stumped. <laughs> it just had me completely fucking stumped. It's just like, eggs... They're really important, aren't they? <laughs> so, so I hope you've got an intro. No, I think that'll do. Eggs are really important. They're the cornerstone for cookery. And they're also really, really tasty. And the best thing about eggs is... Sorry, the important thing about eggs is is not to think about it too much. It's right. a bit like some seafood. Okay. Don't consider what an egg is. <laughs> oh no, don't do that. No. It's a it's as if God said what can we create to make chefs' lives easier or cooks' lives easier? Well, I'll just package up this little bundle of protein and fat and flavor in an easy to uh, transport well, slightly fragile, admittedly, uh, shell. Mm-hmm. And how what what how can we produce these magical bundles of joy? Well, we'll get a chicken to shit them out. <laughs> Less so. And it is the chicken egg, of course, which is the most suitably sized one because it works with all the recipes we're given. Yeah. So what came first, I guess, is the question: the recipe or the egg? Um. The, yeah, definitely the egg. Oh, I thought we were going to have a deep philosophical quest, uh, conversation about that. Well, we spoke about cookbooks for a second uh, and recipes and that. And, and look, I actually have oh, wow. a, cook, a cookbook just about eggs. By Michael Ruhlman. So every recipe involves an egg? Every recipe involves an egg and every egg recipe or egg-based recipe is in here. Everything. To, to a point. And this is brings me on to my next point there is and i'm going to i'm going to show it to you there's a pull out there's a, a like a poster which i haven't mounted on my wall yet yeah and it's a flow chart of egg based recipes oh right and so i'm going to play a game with you okay and we're going to try i'm going to ask you a series of questions and does it take you to a dish and it should take you to a dish so oh wowzers i kind of i want to you think of a, a dish involving eggs yeah. And we'll see if we get there. Okay. But don't tell me. Okay. Okay. Does it use whole eggs or separated eggs? 
whole eggs. Okay. Are the eggs cooked in the shell or out of the shell? Out of the shell. Okay. I'm fucking loving this, by the way. I wish I had a chart to look at. Is the egg fried? No. Is the egg poached? No. Is the egg cooked once blended? No. I think I balls this up. Can we start again? Is the egg cooked whole or separated? Whole. Is it cooked in the shell or out of the shell? In the shell. Uh, okay. Now, is it is it hard-boiled? Yes. <laughs> I don't think this chart has what your recipe is on it. <laughs> Why not? Because it's American. Uh, That's racist. Okay. Is it wrapped in sausage meat? <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. And, and it involves a blended egg. Oh, because it's got uh, the egg wash on the outside to stick the breadcrumbs to your sausage meat before you fry it. Exactamundo. Is it a curried egg salad? No. Ah. Down this chart. Down this chart, and it's American, North American-centric flow. My favourite thing about this chart is that if you go down the path and get to fried, you have a choice of gently fried aggressively fried or deep fried wow can we start again i've got another dish i'd like to do okay is your egg cooked whole or separated separated oh i need to go to the other side of the uh oh wait a minute when you what does it mean by separated you separate the egg and the yolk oh right sorry start again (laughs) it's is the egg cooked whole or separated? You guys, if they sat in the editorial meeting for this and they went, this is absolutely dickhead proof, this. Watch. <laughs> and they, they never imagined it would end up in the hands of two British novels like us. Right, it's whole. Is it cooked in the shell or out of the shell? It is cooked out of the shell. Okay. Is it fried? Yes. Oh. Is it gently fried? Yeah. Okay. You've gently fried some eggs. Right, we've got three choices here. But I'm going to go for a fried egg sandwich. No. Okay. Is it a... So it's not a fried egg sandwich. That is one of the options here. Is it gently fried eggs with bacon and toast? No. Is it a croque madame? No. I'm all out of options here. Yeah. Well, I was going for huevos ranchos. Oh, huevos ranchos. Well, that's poached. Well, you can have it with fried or scrambled. It's Uh, any kind of egg, really. Okay. Mm. From my travels in Costa Rica, you can have it with any kind of egg. Cool. Well, it's not even on this map. Is that because it's Mexican? No, I think it's because your 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 whatever you just said doesn't exist. Farmhouse eggs. The ra- no ranchers eggs, isn't it? Ranchers eggs. Well, we've got we've got poached eggs in puttanesca sauce. I think this might just be a guide to this recipe book. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I do, you need to research that. I'll write to the author. 
does it have a section on hard boiled eggs? I think I think this podcast needs to come with a um amble which advises people to go out and buy what's his name? Michael Ruhlman's egg book. Michael Ruhlman's egg book to support this part of the show. Uh yes, it has a section on hard boiled eggs. Okay. Well, I've got I've got a section on hard boiled eggs. Would you like to play the game? I'll play the game, yeah. Okay. All you need to do is tell me how long you have to cook these eggs in order to achieve hard boiled. Right. Okay, this is from cold water. So Okay. No, sorry. So it's sorry. Oh bugger that. Yeah, in cold water. So a hen's egg. In cold water to get it to hard boiled. So once once it starts boiling, sorry. Oh. Oh. Oh, but raising up to temperature from cold rather than dunking it straight in a boiling water. No, I think <laughs> dropping it straight into boiling water, how long does it take? I thought mine was complicated. Yeah, I know, a hen's egg. This is the um the base what's the word I'm looking for? The base number. So we know what we're talking about. Right, okay. Okay, oh yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's the uh the baseline. Baseline, baseline, yeah. Uh the control. The control. <laughs> I normally put my hen's egg in cold water and then heat it, and then it's three minutes once it started boiling. For a but that's for a boiled egg, right? Not a hard boiled egg. Oh, that's from boiled. Yeah, this is for a hard boiled egg. Yeah, I was going to say seven minutes. Okay, so eight minutes. So that's the baseline. Yeah, eight minutes. Okay, eight minutes for a hen egg. Hen's egg. Okay, so. A quail's egg, how long? Two minutes. One minute. Wow. A duck's egg. Ten minutes. Correct. Well done. A turkey's egg. <laughs> um, a, a Turkish egg. A, Turks, a Turk's egg. That's a pub, it's a pub near me, isn't it? <laughs> that's 12 minutes. Oh, that's 11 minutes. Oh, oh God. A goose's egg. I think that's quite close to a Turk's egg, so I'd probably say 13 minutes. Oh, well done, 13 minutes. And an ostrich's egg. Hard-boiled. Yeah. Four hours. <laughs> One and a half hours. One and a half hours, right. One and a half hours. You got two right out of... Oh, that's the control, out of uh, five. Mm. Well done. Now... One of the rest of, when I was reading up on how long it takes to hard boil an ostrich's egg, the webpage I was looking at had a um, a meal solution, a meal suggestion, I should say, for the use of an ostrich egg. I just want your opinion on this. Okay. So it was all delightfully written as soft boil the ostrich's egg, then get the whole family to chop up toast and take turns dipping it into the runny ostrich egg. How do you feel about that as a family breakfast? <laughs> I'm conflicted. Firstly, I wouldn't want to share an ostrich's egg with anyone. It's like you wouldn't share any other food stuff like that. Where I mean, ah, that's not true, is it? I'm, I'm thinking about fondues now. Yeah, it's like an egg fondue. That's what I wrote down. Oh man! Uh, well, hmm. without without all that like strange white wine poured into it that makes it addictive and cracky. 
Yeah, how many people? Well, just like a family, it says a fa- apparently an ostrich egg is the equivalent of 24 hen's eggs. So a family of 12 is the equivalent <laughs> <laughs> to two eggs each. <laughs> I, I, actually, I just think the idea is quite disgusting. <laughs> so this got me thinking. This got me thinking. It's just like, I want one egg or two eggs to myself with my bit of toast, and yeah. I'll deal with it on my plate. I don't wish to be chopping up bread or toast and leaning over and taking my turn in the collective egg. But I don't come from a country where ostrich eggs are readily available, and I don't have a family of 12. So I'm wondering whether this is a cultural thing. Like, in countries where ostrich eggs are available, they have very large families, and it makes sense to eat it like that. Well, like Ireland. And- are there many? Are there many ostriches in Ireland? <laughs> they have large families. That's oh, they got large families. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 it, it's still weird. My other issue with it is, it's it's quite difficult at the best of times to get a, a perfect egg. So if you multiply that problem by twenty four, you could be eating raw egg. You could be eating a lot of raw snotty egg white. Yeah. Or yeah, I, you could I be, wasn't happy about it. You could be trying to dip your egg into a solid grey kind of oat yolk. Yeah. No, I was with you. I'm with you on that. Although I think chopping the top off might be quite good fun. Yeah, you'd need a like a, a scimitar. <laughs> That's awesome. Going back to eggs with toast is another little uh, feature I'm calling rank your favourite eggs with toast. Okay. Probably links in with Matey Boy's book there. So, different types of egg you can have with toast. Yeah. Traditionally, poached, scrambled, fried, boiled. Yeah. What order would you put them in preference and why? And you only got two out of five on the um, how to hard boil various eggs quiz. So, you better get this right because I've got the answers. (laughs) I didn't know there was an official ranking. Yeah, there's, an, uh, your, there's your preference against what I think is correct. Oh, so it's your opinion as fact. Yeah, my opinion as fact, yeah. Right, okay. We live in times where my opinion or anyone's opinion as fact is... That's where we're at now, isn't it? Can I just clarify something, though? Is the fried egg on toast just fried egg on toast? Or does it does it come as part of a larger meal? No, it's not a side sandwich situation. Okay. It's just a fried egg sandwich. I'm afraid... You didn't say fried egg sandwich, you said fried egg egg on toast. Okay. Well, I might be controversial here, but fried egg on toast comes at the bottom of that pile. Okay. So that's fourth. Then uh, coming in at number three is poached eggs on toast. Oh, my God. Yeah. At number two is boiled egg with soldiers. Is that an individual Western capitalist solo egg for one person, or is it a communist... Collectivization ostrich egg dipping session. It's it's always two eggs, but f- just for me. Just for you. Okay. With two pieces of toast. Are those just for you as well? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So number one. Scrambled eggs on toast. Yeah. Okay. So what is your reasoning? Uh, fried eggs on toast just doesn't really quite work. A fried egg sandwich is another story. Mm-hmm. Fried eggs on toast as part of a breakfast again is another story because you've got other things going on. But 
on its own, no. Fair enough. Next up, poached eggs. I do like poached eggs on toast, but you can get that kind of slightly wet thing going on where your toast gets a bit soggy and, you know. All right. I thought you meant you enjoyed the poached egg so much that it was a wet thing. (laughs) Um, But I do like, with the hollandaise, that's nice. A boiled egg with soldiers is a you know it's a it's a joyful childhood kind of nostalgic kind of thing and scrambled eggs on toast is just brilliant so the the proper answers the real answers my opinion as fact is in fourth place we have the boiled egg right for the following reasons as you alluded to they're difficult to cook correctly yeah getting the top off can be a bit of a pain because bits of shell sometimes go in the yolk um, and it goes a bit jaggedy. Just a, a side point here, because I was going to ask you this, actually. What's your technique for getting the top off a boiled egg? I just push the knife straight through it. A knife? Okay. Yeah. What do you use? I'm a, a swift, sharp, sideways slash with a teaspoon. Oh, right. Okay. Usually comes off in one. It comes I, off in one piece. Yeah. Enough so you can you can scoop out the the top with your teaspoon as well. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I need to up my game. That's what you're saying, isn't it? Up your game. But I've seen someone very close to me has a very different technique, which I disagree with, because the the getting the top off in one is useful for waste, right? It's easier to get rid of, you know, because mm. it can sit on your plate without getting too problematic. But someone close to me taps the egg all over on the top with a spoon and then picks the individual fragments of eggshell off oh and God. puts them on the side of the plate. By the time they've done that, is the egg not kind of hard-boiled because of the residual heat? Ah, so this might be a trick which could help you with your problem with cooking them. Briefly run run them, run them under, the hot, under the cold tap. Oh, yeah, I do that because it's impossible to touch them long enough to stab them with a knife because they're so bastardly hot. Okay. You've got to take the, you've got to take the edge off. Moving on to why boiled eggs are shit. The whole point of them is that you can dip soldiers in. Yeah. But cutting the toast to the requisite size um, is a bit of a pain, having to do that. The toast being able to hold its rigidness enough to get it in there is difficult. Yeah. If it's floppy, you can't get it in, can you? <laughs> and um, after a couple of dips, it's done really, isn't it? Like the best bit's over after a couple of dips. <laughs> would, you, would you agree? Well, I tend to just use a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Do you use like um, butter or margarine on your soldiers? Always butter. Always butter. I like to spread a little bit of Marmite on mine. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Add a savoury edge. And the, the final reason why boiled eggs are awful is <laughs> that egg cups, once they've got a bit of yolk on them, are really awkward to wash and a bit horrible. And what happens when you first put that first soldier in? The yolk goes over the edge. Yeah. It's a waste of egg. And it's a, yeah, if you let that dry... Yeah. You're not going to get that off without some soaking. No. Now, there are many justifiable points why boiled eggs are last there. However, there's one really good thing you can do with a boiled egg. 
is if you, if you're eating breakfast with small children, is you can eat the egg, turn it upside down in the egg cup, and then ask a small child if they would like an extra boiled egg, <laughs> and see them the sadness on their face when they whack it with a spoon or hack it with a knife, and it turns out to be an empty shell. So that's that's boiled eggs. Number three was the fried egg, because fried eggs are just really easy to make. Heat pan, crap in egg, wait a bit, put on toast, eat. Yeah. Just, and it is sandwichable. I said I said no sandwich, but I have in my notes I've written it's sandwichable, which means you can put some ham in there, bacon, sausage, whatever, and it's quite easy to get a runny yolk with a fried egg. That's true. Number two is the scrambled egg. Now I've put here because what's great about it is you can make it luxurious. Yep. All buttery, glossy. You can put herbs on it. Like you can just make it really, really luxurious and, and lovely. Goes really well with other things, other healthy things on toast, spinach, much mushrooms, what have you. Yeah. Smoked salmon. Um, and. If you're cooking a massive fry up, the like large numbers of people a get out a get out on the eggs is scrambled eggs because they're dead easy to make. Yeah. However, the poached egg is number one because it's dead healthy. It looks really funky because it's just like a big blob of egg that like floats around in the water, and that's really cool. And in restaurants, they cook those and then they rest them on ice. Yeah. Until they're ready, until they're needed in dishes, and then they just pop them in hot water just to kind of warm them up, and then off they go again. And I just think that's wonderful. Do you not find them tricky to cook at home? No. What's your secret? For all for all for all I mock the guy, I go with the Jamie Oliver method. Which okay. is no don't bother whirling it around. But crack the egg into a small vessel. A ramekin, and then get the water just off the boil, dash of uh, white wine vinegar, and then just plop the egg in, and let it just suspend in the water till it's ready. Fish it out with one of those spoons with holes in. All right, yeah. What are they called? Slotted spoon. Oh, they're not ones with slots. The holy spoon. Oh, the holy spoon. Yeah. <laughs> You're back on the Catholicism thing, aren't you? They're blessed. Blessed be the spoons. Yeah. So, yeah. What about those little snotty bits that kind of, or, you know, the flaky bits that kind of fly off the eggs like dandruff? Like any egg, though, isn't it? The fresher the egg, the less flaky bits you get. Yeah, true. If you haven't got a particularly fresh egg, a fried egg will take a wonder around the pan, won't it? Yeah, but at least those bits crisp up. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I was, I was, it was difficult for me to separate, uh, excuse the pun, the poached and the scrambled egg. And I do like a luxurious scrambled egg on toast. That's dead easy to make as well. I like the two different styles of scrambled egg as well. I like the, the hard and fast scrambled egg where it's like quite, you get quite solid lumps. Yeah. And I like the uh, the soft, slowly poached, that uh, slowly cooked, smooth, buttery one type as well. Have you seen that American woman who um, trolls British cuisine? Yes. And have you seen her English eggs? No. <laughs> she, she literally just cracked egg in the pan and like attacks them with a spoon and then just says they're English eggs. But 
know, apparently there's like a way of cooking eggs, isn't there, where you add the butter last. Okay. Yeah, so you you pretty much you pretty much scramble the egg in the pan and and add butter at the end, and that's what gives it that real glossy, like glorious kind of butteriness. Uh, okay. But I'm I'm quite happy with a a rough and reggae, rough and reggae, rough and reggae, yeah, <laughs> rough and reggae egg, yeah. A little bit of uh, chili sauce on there never hurt anybody. No. no. A rough and ready scrambled egg, which is just like get it in the pan, whack it about a bit, get it out of the pan, whack it on the toast. Now, I I don't know if you have a microwave oven. I do have a microwave oven. I don't like to use it. I mostly use it to warm plates. Well, that's a very good use of a microwave oven. When I was young, whenever my mum was cooking scrambled eggs, which she would do for a family of five, so at least, you know, one and a half to two eggs each, she'd beat them up, put them in the microwave in a plastic jug, and then every minute or so it would ping and she'd, like, scramble it with a fork and put it back in again. And for a long time I thought that's how scrambled eggs were made, which just goes to show if you're careful you can you can actually successfully make scrambled eggs this way if you're not careful you can end up with a jug full of rubber and i when i met my lovely wife and i first made scrambled eggs this way she was absolutely horrified oh my god yeah i can imagine i can imagine microwaving egg the risk is that you just rubberify it it just turns into like a a set egg jelly mold of jug <laughs> and you ask ask people how many slices of scrambled egg they would like yeah right so go back in, go back to eggs on toast there's a little thing i just thought of right if you were going to have poached eggs on toast how many eggs per person two uh fried eggs on toast how many eggs per person two boiled eggs with toast how many per person two scrambled eggs how many eggs per person Four or five, I think. <laughs> scrambled eggs is the mashed potato of scrambled egg of eggs, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. How many boiled potato? How many boiled potatoes would you like? Two. How many potatoes equivalent would you like in mash? Nineteen. <laughs> yeah. Because it goes from being the original material into something else. It's a new material. Yeah, something easy to chew, easy to swallow. Yeah. Very buttery. Yeah, very Moorish. You can incorporate a lot of butter into both of those things. The only other thing you can get more butter into you is a crumpet. Well, there's this recipe, isn't there, by one of those very high-end French chefs, and he makes uh, mashed potato, and I think he uses equal weight of of potato and butter. Is he still alive? Oh, you know, he feeds that to his customers. I'm sure he doesn't eat it himself. And his customers just keep coming back after their coronaries. Yeah. I wonder if you can do the same thing with eggs, with scrambled eggs, and incorporate more, you know, an equal amount of butter into the egg. How much does an egg weigh? Uh, 85 grams. Okay. Your opinion is fact, 85 grams. We'll Google that in the break, and we'll we'll come back and tell people how much they weigh. I reckon they weigh, just because nature is so perfect, I think a hen's egg weighs 100 grams. Uh, We're both overestimating here. Do you want to know the answer? Uh, Yes. Or shall I tell you after the break? Okay, no, let's have a break. Okay, cool. Now, uh, speaking of the weight of eggs, can you get... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speak... Yeah, go on. Yeah. What, what was... 
what do you think was the heaviest ever Scotch egg produced, in, according to the Guinness Book of Records? Oh. And I'll give you a clue. It wasn't made with a hen's egg. It's not a um, like a fake Scotch egg where where there's a scrambled egg in the middle, like a picnic egg. This was deep fried and baked. But the egg was whole. The egg was whole. So an ostrich egg. It was an ostrich egg, yeah. How heavy was it? That's what I'm asking you. Right. So you said 70 grams. Going to do some live maths here. 70 grams per hen's egg. Yeah. And we know that an ostrich egg is the equivalent of 24 hen's eggs. Yeah. So, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Mathematics. Yeah. There's Carol Borderman when you need when you want neither. I will say, I know I do this. That's ten. That's twenty. And another four is two hundred and eighty. One one kilogram seven hundred grams. One point seven kilograms. So that's the. Oh egg. no, sorry. With with the egg. With sorry. So with the sausage meat. Oh right. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. A hundred grams per egg. For a, for a Scotch egg, carry the one. That's four kilograms and a little bit of breadcrumbs. I'm going to go four and a half kilograms. Your logic is sound, but you're not yeah. using enough sausage meat. So they actually wrapped this egg in five and a half kilograms of sausage meat. Wow! Bringing the total up to seven kilograms. I suppose you're probably right, actually, isn't it? To get round an egg, you're going to need more than 100 grams of yeah. sausage meat. Yeah. Okay, but, so my working out, I might have got points for working out, but my answer would be wrong. Exactly. And that's why so, you should always show you're working. Always show you're working out. You know these, like, records of the biggest ever made thing? Yeah. Because they're, they're just fake, aren't they? Yeah. It's con- construct a massive loaf tin and put loads of gas underneath it and you can make the world's biggest loaf of bread well i'm I'm pretty sure it's like this scotch exactly like this scotch egg which is no one's ever made a scotch egg to get into the guinness book of records before so they just made it because no one else ever has and if someone wants to break that record they're just going to put more sausage meat on oh yeah they can do that can't they just keep adding sausage meat and get the ratio of egg and sausage meat all wrong then it, you wouldn't want to serve that to your family. No. I mean, you could actually wrap a quail's egg <laughs> eight, in... Eight kilos of sausage meat. <laughs> yeah, eight kilos of sausage meat, chuck that in some breadcrumbs, fry it in a volcano, and um, jobs are good in. Yeah. But yeah, I just think all of those things are bollocks, so I don't have any respect for them. The world's biggest omelette is just... It's not really the world's biggest omelette, is it? It's the construction of the world's biggest frying pan. Which yeah. is the important bit. And and the waste of food. Well, they, they always seem to have hundreds and hundreds of local people who are happy to queue up for hours and hours and hours to have a slice of very badly made omelette. Yeah. I mean, is there the world's biggest foodstuff thing that you'd be happy to be involved with? Paella. Say again? Paella. Oh, the world's... Well, again, that's just the world's biggest frying pan, isn't it? 
and actually come to think of it do i do you do you really want to risk eating something which is either going to be overcooked or potentially undercooked because you've got no real control and also how do they get into the middle of those massive frying pans well they use a really long shovel they don't just send some guy in there with a pair of waders <laughs> to dance around <laughs> well, I, suppose, I suppose they take from the outside so you need less waders and more heat proof boots <laughs> from a purely environmental point of view like how much extra gas do you think it takes to to heat up that pan to the point where you can actually cook an omelette or a paella, paella. Yeah, that should be in the Guinness Book of Records, shouldn't it? The world's most polluting dish. I'm trying to think of what that actually might be. I don't know, but I'm not getting involved. I don't want Greta Thunberg on my case. So Sam, can I can I talk to you about raw egg? Yes. Raw egg. Do, would you eat it? Do you eat it? Have you eaten it? I have eaten raw egg yolk. Yeah. On, for instance, a beef tartare. Yeah. Uh, and that's nice because egg yolk, an egg yolk is like a little bundle of of sauce, isn't it? When you have a perfectly cooked boil egg, actually, what you're looking for there is an almost raw egg yolk that's just warmed slightly. Is it? You said um, about steak tartare. Yeah. Or tartare or tartare. Tartare. Yeah, steak tartare. To me, that's like a, a horror show of a, of a, of a of food. <laughs> it's like a, I don't know. I'm gonna like I'll, I will sound a bit um, rough and reggae when I say this, but um, <laughs> it's just like an uncooked burger, as far as I'm concerned. Just the ground beef, not cooked, with the egg yolk done well. Yes, but it just comes with all like an inherent kind of. Um, risk factors involved uh, it's the risks that make it exciting oh really <laughs> no um I, I for a long time I, I i thought i don't get it you know i think it's just for showing off yeah and then i started to taste like kind of some variations on steak tartare which changed my mind completely and when it's done skillfully and it's all about the seasoning it's all about the complementary flavors it can really highlight the the meat in a way that just cooking a steak or cooking a burger can't do. Yeah, no, I, do. I mean, I'm with you on that. But how do you know that it's been done very well? But you could say the same thing about any food stuff, couldn't you? But at least you know whether it was cooked or not. Well, that's true. I think when you're starting to eat things raw, it's like... You, you're not only running the risk of it not being great, but you're also running the risk of it making people ill, which is a concern of mine. Okay. And the only time I've ever seen steak tartare eaten was in the Czech Republic, and all the people that ate it did end up being quite ill. Oh. But I don't know if that's because they combined loads of cycling in the hot weather <laughs> with copious amounts of beer and then decided for lunch to have steak tartare. I'm not sure. But I think I had pork knuckle and mashed potato and I was fine. It was thoroughly cooked through, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, thoroughly. And I had about 17 potatoes worth of mash, so I was really happy. <laughs> Surely the best tartar is the caper one that you get with the fish, your fish and chips. <laughs> um, but then mayonnaise has raw egg, is that correct? Yeah. Salad, uh, salad dress, various salad dressings, hollandaise, meringue. 
Meringue is cooked. Meringue is weird. How do you feel about meringue? I'm not. I can honestly say I'm not a fan. I don't like anything that squeaks. Polystyrene squeaks. Halloumi squeaks. Smith stepping on small creatures squeak. Undercooked aubergine. Ugh. I mean, aubergine in general is a bit, a bit shit. Here, but um, <laughs> undercooked, I know what you mean. The skin is tough, isn't it? Skin's tough, but the flesh is like um, like a sponge. So they get those people who go, um, yeah, I really like aubergine because it sucks up all the flavour from the stuff around it, and I just think I'll just eat the stuff around it. I like the texture. What I like about aubergine is the um, emoji. <laughs> Speaking of emojis and uh, aubergines, Nige- <laughs> Nigella Lawson, uh, recently in her new cooking show, she cooked a curry with banana skins. And I've not tried this yet, but it, it is on my to-do list. Claiming people, when they ate the banana skin curry, sometimes thought it was aubergine. Now, I don't know if that says more about aubergine or about banana skins, but both bananas and aubergines have interesting emojis. Yeah. Would you eat a banana skin curry? Where the, the, main, the main part of the curry is banana skin. Oh, no, she added a bit of cooked cauliflower as well. Nah, sounds like it was better with lamb. Or aubergine. Or aubergine. I mean, I've got nothing against banana skin. I've never eaten it, personally, but... What she did say was, though, that you can't really taste the banana skin, but it takes on the flavours of the foods around it. Classic. <laughs> I, I, I'm I, going to put my hat on the flag here, because <laughs> that's a saying. <laughs> and um, so I love aubergine, and I think it makes okay. excellent curries, and I like the flavour. But it yeah. is a sponge. It does take up oil and flavours, so... Um, I don't. I mean, I I do like aubergine. Let's, let's be fair. I do like aubergine. And what one of the things I do like about it is that it tastes a bit like um, banana skin. <laughs> one of those things you have to cook correctly. Going back to the point is, if you don't cook it properly, it's tough. It's chewy. Um, it's quite leathery, and the skin it can be quite leathery. So, a bit like banana skins, if you don't cook it properly, it's a bit of a slip up. The the other thing which she cooked in her first episode of this new show, and this isn't a show about about cookery programs, but you know, I think it's a fun topic. <laughs> is a fish finger curry, which I made the other day. Did you make her recipe, or did you just make a fish finger curry? I made a fish finger curry, which the other half heard on Women's Hour, which I presumed is a Nigella. Uh, okay. And how was it? Despite the fact that I didn't want it to work, guess what? It worked? It worked, yeah. It was nice. And it was really easy to make. I really want to try it. Yeah. Because I love the idea of it. But I am banned from making it in this house. I love the idea of this with the chilli and the fish fingers and the other, you know, the ginger and all the other ingredients. But according to the boss fish fingers and and should be respected in their original shape and form we we are allowed to use tartar sauce sorry tartar sauce and tartar sauce maybe yeah, a touch of ketchup it can go between two slices of bread or it can what? be served with chips 
and maybe baked beans, but curry it shall not be. Right. Well, you can tell Bruce Springsteen, <laughs> I've tried it, and despite not wanting to cook it and not wanting to enjoy it, I did cook it and I did enjoy it. That's good to know. It does work. And, and I was thinking, um, I'm going to subvert this by buying, like, I'll buy my own cod or haddock and I'll bread it myself and like have goujons as opposed to fish fingers. Yeah. But having decided that I was too fucking lazy to do that, I decided that I would use fish fingers and it does work for Christmas and it works. So tell Bruce, give it a go. How does um, Bruce feel about a fish finger sandwich that also has cheese in it? It's only getting on to like McDonald's fillet of fish kind of territory. I think that again, that might be a step too far. Because back in the day when I was a student, I used to quite enjoy a fish finger sandwich with tomato sauce and a dairy dairy slice. I'm picturing it now, and I think that could work. Yeah, it's like a filthy. It's one of those dishes you might eat when your other half's away. But I, I'm reckoning that might be another podcast. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, I just get Nigella around when we're in the half soil. <laughs> we have a great time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I eat all her food. In the middle of the night, she gets up and sneaks around eating out of the fridge. That's fine. Gets rid of the leftovers, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, she's a good egg. Talking of um, fillet of fish... Yeah. The McDonald's fit of the fish. I wanted to talk to you about the uh, Egg McMuffin. Oh, the Crack McMuffin. <laughs> well, I've never eaten one. Is it known as this because it's so tasty and you must keep eating it? They're greasy, salty, eggy and and very tasty. But you feel a bit dirty afterwards. Oh, right. That, oh, that sounds like a good night out, doesn't it? Greasy, salty... <laughs> Maybe not eggy, but uh, <laughs> I'm feeling a bit dirty afterwards, yeah. So, apparently, the Egg McMuffin was designed to resemble Eggs Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> Which was, that was my response. Having eaten Eggs Benedict, probably not the best world, the world's best Eggs Benedict, but I've eaten Eggs Benedict, right? Yeah. I can't imagine it's like that from the pictures I've seen. I, no, I think it's probably better. <laughs> so, what makes, there's two things that make me laugh, laugh about it. Is one, the the egg is like a disc. Yeah. It's a disc, a disc of egg. Yeah. A, a hard, there's no runny yolk in that, is there? It's almost like someone's mum has microwaved the egg. <laughs> <laughs> in a jug. <laughs> and then sliced it up <laughs> to create a slice of egg. If, if anyone's ever had back surgery, I think they just replaced the di- slip discs with egg McMuffin egg. But yeah, designed to resemble eggs Benedict, consisting of a slice of rubberized egg in a sandwich. Uh, right, so I'll correct you on a couple of things here. First of all, the... The ideal egg McMuffin is the sausage egg McMuffin, not the bacon. The bacon's shit. Because the sausage egg McMuffin is all about the sausage. <laughs> and okay. 
The I'm, muff- so, I'm so really sceptical about that. Let's start with the muffin first First of all. This is not a an American muffin. It's what the Americans call, um, I think they call it an English muffin. It's basically yeah, a... English tea cake. It's just basically a soft bread roll, but in a in a smaller shape, slightly firm. Nice, perfectly nice from McDonald's. The sausage is a disc of sausage meat, which has been fried. Like something a Scottish person would do. That's why it's a McMuffin. Exactly. And the egg is not a slice of pre-cooked egg. It's a it's a whole egg which has been fried in a ring to make sure it is circular and will stay within the confines of the muffin. Yes. It's all very salty and it's all very fatty and it's all very tasty. Okay. And there's a slice of cheese, I think. Back in oh, 2000, when I was 20 years old, uh, a friend of ours and I went to get to McDonald's and I, for some mad reason, ordered a hot dog. <laughs> right. Which I'm not even sure whether they do those anymore. I don't think it even exists, no. Yeah, I think they did a hot dog for a while. Right. Anyway, I bought this thing. It was cold and horrible. So I sent it back. He brought it back out again and said, oh, they've like fixed it up. And when I opened it, it was the same hot dog that I'd bitten into, just warmer. So someone had literally taken it and put it in a microwave. And there and then, back in 2000, I decided I was never going to eat McDonald's ever again. And I haven't. So I don't know if an egg McMuffin is a new concept or whether their standards have increased or whether the Sparkford McDonald's just on that day had a <laughs> psychopath in charge of the, whatever. But no, I don't think... I've, I've seen the adverts for Egg McMuffin and I'm not convinced it does resemble or even come anywhere near Eggs Benedict. No, I would agree with you there. But like I said, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother fish or dish. And what I like, But what I did like about the Egg McMuffin advert they keep talking about a fresh, a freshly cracked egg. Okay, yeah. The egg is a freshly cracked egg that they then cook into a rubber disc. I presume they've got something against powdered egg. Or, or canned egg. A canned egg. You know those ones where it's like, you've got the, it's like a tube of egg. The white is, like it's a cylinder. And you have a constant core of yolk running the way through the cylinder. Like a Brighton rock of Yeah, egg. yeah, and then you can slice it into perfect rounds. Is that from like long anus chickens? <laughs> it's what they've done is they've genetically modified the chickens so that they produce a constant stream of egg. Fucking McDonald's man. Illumination. See back in back in the nineties they took a battering, didn't they, over there. Morgan Spurlock did his um if you eat way too many calories every day forever you'll get fat program and everyone talked about all mcdonald's like dirty habits and they rebranded and they redid their menu i I thought that's i thought that's where the term a freshly cracked egg came from i think it is actually and i think it it comes from things like you know the the rumors out there you know like uh, kfc is called kfc because they can't call it chicken because legally the meat they use is not chicken. That's nonsense, by the way. I'm not going to, you know, just a disclaimer there. I'm, I'm not going to set ourselves up for libel here. And I'm sure that people have said that the egg in the egg McMuffin is, is comes from like just a tube of egg. 
right. And, you know, oh, that can't be true. chicken McNuggets are mashed up baby chickens or something. And I, I think I've pro- we've promoted uh, McDonald's enough here. Are we done?